Welcome to Wakanda. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> we all wish. Yeah. I don't think we'd be allowed to go though. Um, or at least hang out. Um, so this so this episode of TN Fiction is basically to celebrate the release of the digital release of Black Panther because we didn't get to have a talk about it when it first came out. So it's been like a couple a month or two. Yeah, but the love. Is still the love for Wakanda does not die. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. So today, myself, Yiming, and Jackie, our usual co-host, and our beloved third long lost co-host, who again, as I said before, is back. Maybe permanently? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> a lot of things. Underscore. Are up in the right now. Uh, Sydney. Hi our, everyone. Our formerly DC based. Editor, mm-hmm. writer, expert on, on 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 culture, race, law. The the preferred nomenclature the, is enthusiast. The, the academic of the batch. Enthusiast. The intellectual of the batch. Yes, we. Oh. Well, J- Jackie and I saw Black Panther uh, in 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 February, which feels like a very long time ago. Yeah. And Sydney saw a little bit a little more recently. Mm-hmm. And. Yep. And with it, with the with the with it finally being out, um, I thought it would be great to kind of have our little discussion on it because it was such a great, awesome, amazing Marvel film, probably one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens with with Infinity Wars. That we're all seeing tomorrow. Yeah. So this this technically will probably be out after we've seen it. So yeah. us being confused is because we. Technically, in, in our timeline, we have not seen it yet. Yeah. Yep. But we will mm-hmm. at tomorrow morning at 8.30. Oh, the love of the Marvel. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 you can, I mean, it's been 10 years. It's 10 years. Yeah. I mean, to, I mean, Downey has been Stark for 10 years. And I didn't even like the first three fucking Iron Man movies. <laughs> to be real, I didn't like it. I just, I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the third one. Oh, the third one I hated. But the trailer had such promise, though. It was a lie. So, I was so upset with that whole situation. Yeah. But luckily for us, it's been redeemed. But but again, we're already starting to get off track. Mm-hmm. This is about Black Panther with, with probably backtracks into other Marvel franchises slash the DC Universe at some point. Mm-hmm. But we'll start, we'll start in Wakanda because mm-hmm. that's where our heart lives now. Um... I, I said this before to you, Jackie, at least, is that I, I really was impressed by this movie because it was basically just a really well-done sci-fi mm-hmm. that has happened to have an all-black cast. Yeah. That's how I mm-hmm. saw it um, at first because, you know, there are movies that have a specific, like, they're geared towards specific audiences, and this one was, was probably the most open-ended in terms mm-hmm. of audience-wise. Like, yeah. you didn't have to be one thing to watch it. You could be anyone yeah. and watch it. So I thought that was the most that was one of, that was the, that was one of the freeing aspects of this film mm-hmm. was that it was so open to interpretation in a way. Yeah, like what I really liked about the technology they did in Wakanda, it was like not only did it like feel like in a way fresh and new, but it felt like if Wakanda was real, technology probably would have evolved that way because there's like still like you know African flavors to it. And stuff like it's like there's much more of like a 
like a different kind of aesthetic that felt very natural to me mm-hmm. at least it didn't feel like oh this is technology that you've seen in countless of movies mm-hmm. kind of thing for yeah, me at no, least. from a design standpoint they did a really good job yeah with everything from the tech to costuming to how bu- buildings looked how yeah city how their city looked to how people styled themselves yeah um i just thought I'd check. so as of um march 18th uh-huh black panther has made 1.1 85 billion US dollars compared to Thor the last Thor movie only did 854 million mm-hmm. so just on that scale for comparing like yeah like how um, relevant or important this film was on like just in terms of like like one of like the first Marvel non-white hero who yeah. is who has beat Titanic mm-hmm. in the fucking... Like, Leo has been demoted in his king status. Yeah. There the is world. a new king now. His name is Chitala. <laughs> what, what about this film, like, made you guys... Because I know Jackie really liked it. Mm-hmm. She saw it twice. And Sydney wanted to see it again after we watched it with her. Mm-hmm. But, but what, what, were, like, what, what about this film is so, um, like great for you guys like what what makes it because like marvel has had this issue over time where they don't know that they don't know don't know how to always tell stories yes and specifically they've been telling technically white character stories for a while Uh and luckily they picked a director who could like mend the two worlds together in a way mm-hmm. so it was like it was appealing on all sorts of levels mm-hmm. but but what about it do you think is has has made it so popular that it's like it made saudi arabia and their x mount year band on fucking imported um movies like it's it's obviously like changed the aesthetic of our consumer culture in a way, mm-hmm. artistically, yeah. worldwide even. Yeah. I think I think for me personally, the reason why I think it did so well is um especially if we're talking about sort of like an international sort of acceptance. I think for me why I liked it is though people said that this was like I think it does great I think it's um, almost limiting to say that the film is, like, just great as, like, an all-black cast or only for the black community. I know that they did a lot for the black community, and I think it's amazing, and I think it's great. But I think on also more of an international scale or a larger scale, as people of color, I think Black Panther was really sort of, like, cutting edge in the sense that it was one of the first films where it merges sort of being in love with and celebrating your culture and your roots while also being contemporary, Yeah. right? So it's like the merging of sort of contemporary, whether that's technology or ideology or style, whether that's for the characters themselves in the movie or us as the audience watching a movie like this being made, where like you were saying, like, Ryan Coogler was able to bridge the gap between, right, creating something that was both great culturally and all of that and also being still a superhero movie is, I think, what made it great. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the first times people of color, because I feel like there's oftentimes there's this choice where it's like, 
you know, like, to be in love with your culture, your roots almost feels a little like it's a little dated, right? There's always that historical aspect to it. And so though that's great, oftentimes it can feel very divorced from like the contemporary life and reality that you face on the day to day. And so to have a film where they merge the two so seamlessly, I think was gave people great appeal. I know that like in the international world, especially in Korea, like, after they had that initial screening day after like young Korean kids were going, you know, to their fan meetings and all of that dressed in their traditional garb, because all of a sudden it was like it Black Panther gave people of color like an OK to celebrate your culture. Right. And to celebrate your culture is great. And that also can be merged with your like contemporary 2018 identity, too. Yeah. Right. And so I think because that message is universal, right, for all people all across the world, I think is what makes Black Panther so attractive. Yeah. Right? Because it all of a sudden felt like you didn't have to choose. Right? Right. Like you didn't have to choose either. Is this going to be a historical movie about your country or your people? Mm -hmm. Or is this going to be like a mainstream movie that you watch? But both have appeals, but you've never seen them bridge together quite like this before. Mm -hmm. So I think, so for me, I think that's what makes Black Panther such an amazing movie. Yeah. For me. I I talked to someone, a friend of mine who watched the film, and he actually had a few things, not necessarily negative things, but things that he kind of like looked at like, huh. Uh, One of his critiques was... um, Despite there being really strong female characters in this movie, when it came to, like, the fight... Because, like, you know, a lot of this is, like, fight scenes. Like, a lot of action scenes. Yeah. And he said the fight scenes that were, like, the most important, per se, were done only by men. Like, for... for like, which ones? Like, um, when... I'm, I'm assuming he meant the the end one, when it's, when it's Killmonger and, like... Killmongers and uh, Black Panther were dueling it out, like stuff like that. Um, I, 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 I can ask him for what, what he meant again later, but um, I'm assuming that's what he was referring to. But another, another thing he mentioned was um, that the movie basically opens with a Oakland man, an Oakland black man being killed. Yeah. And he was very, like, shocked by it in a way, because this whole film is like it's supposed to bring up. Not murder. <laughs> At least that's what that's what I think he was alluding to. Mm. Like to like start to just to start the story off like that felt very jarring to him. And like he said that the um, the uh, Killmonger's girlfriend Nightshade, I believe, is what she's supposed to be. She's actually he told me she's actually a very like complex villain, and she basically just got killed out like the first what half an hour, mm-hmm. and it was just like. Why is why is it so easy? Like why is why are we killing black men and black women in this film? Mm. I think that's I think that's what he was trying to say. Like given the atmosphere that we're in, like and this being like the film, the kind of film that it is, it just feels very. It felt very not done right. I guess mm. I guess is what he was trying to tell me. I so I would say. So it's essentially three different things, right, that he's talking about. 
I would say, first of all, reason why black men and women are killed in this film is because it's realistic. Yeah. Right? Like, it would be unrealistic if black women and, and men, men weren't, weren't dying or faced some sort of violence because it's such part of the existence of what it means to be in this country. Um, and also, I would say, and to do otherwise, I think, is sort of like, um, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, it's sort of like a washing out or like a expunging process of sort of the the darker sides of being black in America. And though I understand what he's saying, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's a very more sort of like wholesome comic book version, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where I feel like where he was going into this film, I can't put thoughts into his head or words into his mouth, but I think he was approaching this film with that mentality rather than what the film turned out to being about, which is like an examination of what it means to be black in America and then being black in Africa and the very sort of complicated tie between the two mm -hmm. and what it means growing up. And I guess to the other thing of seeing a man in an, from Oakland die in the beginning, I think was great in the sense of like, it's a foreshadowing mm -hmm. right uh, into the film of like, this is what this movie's going to touch upon, which is this conflict about being, in America, mm -hmm. and then being in Africa, yeah. right? And though as jarring as it is, this history is complicated and it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's not always put in the forefront, especially if you're not in that community. Yeah. Not a lot of people talk about it or sort of gloss over it or take it for granted and just go, well, y'all look the same, so it's blah, 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 blah. But the, but the relationship is very fraught. As mm -hmm. with anything of identity. Mm -hmm. And I guess, what was the third one? The third oh. one was, oh, women fight scenes, all yeah. of that. So I would say for that is like, in my mind, what I can remember is there's really no fight scene that was pure only men. It was only that last scene where it's a cutoff between the war going on outside and then T'Challa and Killmonger going at it in the... In, in, the the, under, underground. in the underground yeah. thing. And then I would say this. I would say... So his whole beef is, like, why women aren't there. Or like, the fight scenes that are really, like, push story forward isn't with women. But I would say this. I would say my answer would probably be a two-part thing. Which is, like, one part is... Does everything that happens in a movie have to push the main point forward? Right? As a storytelling device. Right? Can something happen just to inform the audience of the world? Or does every single thing that has to happen, like, have to have a direct sort of link? And I would say even then, I would feel like with, you know, Okoye and her army, it's like, it's very informative of the type of world he grew up in, right? To it shows, it further pushes the contrast between Killmonger and T'Challa, the world he grew up in, the world... Eric grew up in why it's so different and why they come to a conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and at the same time, their fight isn't necessarily, their fighting scenes aren't necessarily meant to maybe take place of black Panthers fights or his conflicts, but they're definitely there to serve his, who he is and out of sort of devotion and out of protection 
And then they sort of have a culture in and of themselves. Like one of the best parts towards the end is like uh, me and Bubba. Yeah. That's what I call my sister. Um, you white people. Right. Mm-hmm. For y'all. For all of y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, like towards the end, it's just like there you see a bit of a code. Like the fact that spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it yeah um it's fine right but like (laughs) oh you know like when okoye yeah served eric the entire time and the only time bubba pointed it out which is like the only time she turned against him was when you know eric didn't um honor the challenge honor the challenge because the challenge was it's either uh t'challa says i yield or he dies and mm-hmm. he doesn't die and he hasn't said i yield so it meant that the, ch- the challenge, challenge was still ongoing going. and it was only then when eric chose to disobey the rules mm-hmm. that she was like okay you're disobeying you're essentially disrespecting the throne and disrespecting wakandan law right. and that was the only time she turned on him so for me maybe it was a very quick moment it passed me may, may have you know been taken for granted but for me it was very strong character moment Mm -hmm. yeah where it's like you completely saw who this woman was who her band of soldiers were Mm -hmm. what they did and how in a sense to have them as essentially the personal guard and army and general of this king is Mm -hmm. super informative yeah right? right and so to be part of the story doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in that one fight right there in order to have purpose and to have meaning. Uh, What did you guys think about, like, because, like, every time you take the heart the heart herb flower thing to get the Black Panther powers, it's like, when T'Challa goes into the, basically, their heavenly realm, um, he's always, like, a grown man basically, right. when he meets his father. Right. But when you see Eric go into the heavenly realm, he f- jumps in between grown Eric and child Eric when he meets his dad. He's stuck. So it's like, what do you get? I guys think about it. Because he was emotionally stuck in that time because of what happened. Because hmm. he essentially lost his, he lost his connection to Wakanda when his father passed. And he, he's been trying to, like get to the point where he's either worthy to enter or can return and when he goes i mean that was when well well, secondly that was when his father was alive when he was little Mm -hmm. and that's the only way he could actually talk to him is when he was little not when he's an adult i mean they do show him as an adult talking to him but i think the the symbolism of that is that he it was such a fork in the road for him and it changed him as a person from that point on it's like after after that happened he like (laughs) His whole life just took one big U-turn, mm-hmm. and he decided to become this guy who was just determined to prove himself. Like he, he, he's an outsider, mm-hmm. and and it goes into another big sub race topic. But like, um, I I heard them talk. I, I heard um, um, they talked about this during the initial release. Was that um, one of this one of the uh, subplot points of this is that um you have people who were born in africa and people who weren't born in africa and then there's like there's 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 this weird um there's like this this like unsaid discussion that that if 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 like if you're not 
from there per se you don't you're not on the same level basically mm-hmm. and it and the whole movie was like a, a discussion about something that is usually said behind closed doors yeah which I thought was interesting so I thought I thought the fact that going back to your original question and me just saying it again is that I thought I thought it had to do with the fact that um that discussion began for him when he was a little kid so the only way for for his character to go into that was to to, to embody his mm-hmm. his his youth persona because mm-hmm. that's that's essentially when everything stopped for him I actually toured with the thought of what it would have been like to see Michael B. Jordan inherent it, like in that scene instead of going to a little kid for him to embody the posture of a child mm. and what that would have been like like to see Eric, like him go from Killmonger Eric and then for him to change his entire demeanor into something that's childlike and lost and all of that and have this discussion with his father mm-hmm. with the physicality of a you know grown man but with the persona of a child. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would have struck sort of visually and mm-hmm. what that would have looked like. Yeah. I did toy with that because I thought it would have been interesting to see Eric, like see, although they're both Eric, but like grown up Eric sort mm-hmm. of have that moment. Cause I feel like even up until he was an adult, he had the two battling with inside himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I wondered what, that would have looked like just as like a storytelling device. Right. What that would have looked like instead of going to the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know if it like would play as well. I just thought it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This was like one of the few times that the villain, like it in a Marvel film, worked. Yeah. But not in the traditional villain way. Yeah. Like yeah. when I asked my mother, I'm like, "Did you like the villain in the movie?" And she looks at me, she's like, you mean the white guy? And I, <laughs> I, like, I, had to st- I like, stopped and I was like, oh, you you woke white woman. You know? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I had to, like, I had to, like... Yeah. I think I remember watching interviews where Michael B. Jordan said he liked being referred to as the anti-hero mm-hmm. and not as the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, that different classification of word choice, I thought, was really interesting, too. Yeah. 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 That is true. Like, Killmonger has probably been the best villain slash anti-hero Marvel's produced That's so actually, far. like, connected to something real that's not just, like, power and, like, take well, over the world. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, he had that, but he also had another additional yeah. sort of organic emotional connection that made it more viable. Yeah. Well, technically, in Thor uh, Ragnarok, Hela, Hela? Is that her name? Yeah, Hela. Hela. She, I mean, she... It's not the same level as, yeah. as Killmonger, but... Um, I mean, yeah, it is true. She was better, I think. I mean, she's a woman, and she, and she like, could kill anybody, essentially, who tried to oppose her. So that's why she's, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of nice to see a woman villain stuff, because you're like, I could also be like that if I really tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but was that also, like, Kate Blanchett just killing it in her role? I mean, it's like, if... It's like the inverted version of her in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just think of bad Galantriel. <laughs> oh but like... Like her 180. But, mm-hmm. but like sexy uh-huh. and mm-hmm. sleek and like, damn, mm-hmm. you could fuck someone up real good. <laughs> I still haven't seen Ragnarok. I need to get on it. There were a lot of layers to this movie. Like, yeah. it, like just even for a Marvel film, it was smart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it like, it wasn't... 
didn't, I didn't feel like I had to sit on it and like question certain decisions they made. Yeah. Like in, you know, a couple of the Marvel movies, maybe I liked the movie, but some of the choices like, like our, like your discussion about civil war, yeah. and, like how, like you thought it was ridiculous. Like, like Tony, what the fuck are you doing? Tony Yeah. <laughs> kind of moment. Um, and it was like, like Marvel had to create, had to create a drama that need to be a drama in a way. Yeah. With the exception of like maybe Tony realizing that Bucky killed his parents. Mm. Okay, that I get. Yeah. That I understand, but the other part. Yeah. Is a little bit like maybe a little bit forced. Yeah. yeah. Not like I understand the plot point, but mm-hmm. you know it could have been better. Maybe but... hashed out. And gone into more so believable. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, if 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 you watch the last three Avenger movies, I mean, including Civil War, like yeah. you can see the like like the you you, you can further examine the breakdown between uh, Steve and Tony. Again. Yeah. I'm going off topic, but um. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah. in 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 this one, it was like you know there's. There's this guy who also probably has the right to the Wakanda throne. Yeah. And he comes with a very different perspective, a very Western perspective. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it, it kind of comes off like, like if he, if you were to, to, to rate him on his scale of, are you doing this, this with good intentions? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, maybe so. Yeah. I it think, kind of bounces around. I mm-hmm. think for him what makes him interesting is like his 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 sort of his sort of craving for power and for dominance comes from a place of like hurt. Yeah. Right? From severe hurt, severe pain and abandonment. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like being when you're that person who's backed into a corner and then you realize, oh, there could have there could have been a bunch of people who helped me out, but they chose not to help me. And then you being like and then them feeling like, you know what, no one's going to ever feel like they're not being helped again. Mm -hmm. So but the thing is where, you know, where they differ is how like T'Challa learns how to help, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, or learns that he does need to help, right? But and then where they veer off is what that help looks like, yeah. right? Killmonger yeah. thinks help is work, conquer, or like be the conqueror or the conquered, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the only way. That's how his reality was framed for him growing up in America, mm-hmm. and so he was like, "Well, I know that it sucks like hell to be fucking conquered, so I'm gonna conquer people." Whereas T'Challa didn't necessarily grow up with that, and so he found out that his way of helping is supplying people with education and means and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I always thought, thought that was interesting mm-hmm. for Eric and um, T'Challa. Yeah. And I also like the fact that at the end, it wasn't just good guy defeats bad guy. Bad guy is gone, good guy wins. I really appreciated the fact that it was like good guy defeated bad guy, but good guy also learned a lot from bad yeah. guy. Yeah. Like through, through, yeah. through even though like it wasn't the ideal situation, yeah. he took what, what Killmonger wanted to do. Right, like he and, learned. Yeah, and, and kind of used the blueprint of it right. to give Wakanda like this 
this channel or ability to actually help, right. which, I pro- which will probably lead into civil, uh, civil war. Infinity, Infinity War. It was like his inspiration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to me, I felt like the fact that he thinks with that type of mind mm-hmm. is what makes Black Panther both a political leader, like a king, a political leader, and also a superhero. Yeah. Right? Where that part of his mind is very much thinking with like, my country, my heritage, my people, and what we can do for the world, which isn't necessarily something that a superhero needs to have on their mind. Yeah. Because a superhero just needs to go in there, kick the evil's ass, and, like, save the world, right? But they don't need to think about that extra shit that he does. And so I thought it was really great for him as his character. Uh Yeah. So. It's like, the fact that even through all that that shit, he, he also wanted to, like, help Killmonger in the end but it was like Killmonger's choice to like yeah you know not to be saved yeah right mhm it's also interesting that like it it, om- it this movie kind of sets up the future of Marvel in a way yeah like it 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 basically is is telling its audiences we're going to be very self-aware now yeah we're going to make content that is that is appealing on a bigger scale Mm-hmm. Outside of what we've been doing for ten years, yeah, and but it, 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 but it also it also causes a lot of like risks for them. Like, can they keep? Can they still? Can, can they? Can they do what they did in black in the first Black Panther and kind of spread that out throughout its franchise? Not mm-hmm. just keep it a, like a singular isolated incident, yeah. Where they're like, our content has 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 a broader reflection on what is going on in today's world. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what this movie did. It really like mm-hmm. it really made the issues in it seem more real. Like, okay, yes, Ultron was good, but it didn't it wasn't something that like yeah. I felt like, oh <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna have flying androids that like fucking try to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not something I was like, again, it's entertaining, but it's not like it doesn't hit me anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. like the first fucking shot where we were in Oakland, and I'm like, where is this? I want to go. Mm-hmm. Where where is this building? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was in Oakland technically, but yeah, like, story wise, yeah. it was. Uh-huh. Which I think it was it it like really like it really grounded it, especially if you're from the Bay. Yeah, it really like made you almost feel like we exist in the Marvel universe. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, I think like as long as Marvel doesn't like stick to this one formula in the sense of like I want like not going into it with the intention of let me replicate this success I feel like they can keep on doing it as long as they keep doing something where it's like we will have you know writers and directors that come with you know different voices and different backgrounds yeah and we'll continue have that continue to have them come in and create content and put their input into the storytelling and sort of like, and we as execs, even though we might not personally connect or maybe we don't really get it, we'll believe in their abilities and give them the thumbs up or the green light. I mean, I feel like that's the, that's the best thing that like, you know, they did for Coogler, right? Yeah. It's like Coogler comes in, he's very young, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, but he has a perspective and like, about all of these things, his choices, what he wanted, all of this stuff. And the I think the best thing that Marvel did was to be like, these are your choices. We believe in your artistic ability and your integrity. And 
though we don't have personal experience like doing these things, we're going to go ahead and just go with what you're doing because we believe in you. Yeah. So I feel like as long as Marvel goes down that vein where it's like trust in other voices, yeah. then it'll still resonate and be great. Yeah. But I feel like, but if they go into the next one being like, oh my God, we got to replicate this. It's all about the money, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like... It's going to fail. That's if, how sequels happen. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, but as long as they keep, you know, allowing yeah. sort of like other people to dictate the voice and the tone i think it'll be good yeah just to kind of compare the two um different orgs do you do you think black panther black panther and wonder woman were kind of on the same level in terms of what it did like wonder woman really gave women yeah someone to like identify with Mm -hmm. like no man's land made me fucking cry yeah yeah uh, black panther that opening scene when they're all jumping off the cliff, the Amazons, when yeah. they're going down, I, like, teared. Even within the first opening shots of just, right. yeah. I was, like, bawling. Oh, yeah. Because I just kept on thinking, like, oh, my God, if I was seven or eight or whatever and I yeah. saw this, like, how that would influence me growing up. Yeah. Right. Instead of being, like, 20, you know, 26, 27 and seeing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And in Black Panther, we have Chitala's sister and... Dude, I can't make it. Camera both their names, but they're they're they they embody very specific mm-hmm. characteristics. Yeah. That as women, mm-hmm. I feel like we all want we all want to be fierce. We all want to be strong. We all want to be smart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like two sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Really agile, very 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 like able to like kick ass, and the other words like. Super young, knows how to do a lot of shit with computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they both movies really um, tapped into specific aspects mm-hmm. of feet of at least females that are not brought up or celebrated. Like like STEM has not really been yeah right. until recently. STEM has been like think oh we should get women to do this kind yeah. of thing, and I feel like. Um, just that alone was very just like it 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 like knocked me in my chest because it just felt like you know we never see this yeah right. and like you know so many like young people like young young people today going going to the movies are so lucky yeah so lucky because we we would we, we would just have to take little itty bitty bits yeah right. that were scattered out through time and now we have this this like golden age I guess you can call it golden age. The beginning of a golden age where we're seeing female characters that aren't, like, crappy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think the great thing about, like, with with both movies and how women were treated in both movies is, like, you really see that spectrum of female excellence. Yeah. And what excellence can look like. Yeah. And so, because I think, like, that spectrum can be laid out so broad and so diversely mm-hmm. it's very inclusive yeah. and makes all women it's like it's a better picture of what women could be yeah right, right. or like women yeah. are yeah but right. or actually or actually it's a better sort of fictional depiction of what women actually are yeah right, right. instead of there being like this huge divorce between like how we feel and like what we see 
maybe amongst our friends or in society, and then what we see up on a screen. Yeah. Because that's really confusing is to marriage those two. Yeah. And then it's like... And what else I actually really appreciated from Black Panther that was also in Wonder Woman is there were no weird male gaze shots for me personally. Like, I remember when watching Black Panther... It's like when I was watching it and there was like shots of like either Okoye or like Suri or um Nakia or or Nakia. Yeah. There were like no weird like butt or breast or some sort of shots As for like me. the Justice League. Movie. Yeah. And it's like that took us exactly thirty, probably forty minutes to get to the DC. Yeah. <laughs> it, it Progress. Was. Progress. Progress. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I don't like the fact that like he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's also a male director, which means that other male directors have no excuse about saying, oh, these are the shots that, you know, you have I do. To, I do or have right. to do. do right? right? It gives them no excuse for doing it because obviously Ryan Cook is not a woman right. and he was able to do these shots. Right. It's So it's like, Though, like, I just even remember, like, when Josh Whedon was doing the Avengers, doing Avengers, those weird butt shots of, of, Black, Widow of Black Widow. It's like, why am I seeing this butt shot? It's like, it's not necessary, you know? So it's just yeah. like, it, like, I, that's something I really appreciated in Black Panther, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it because I also think it's just like, um, sort of what it means for what it means to be attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Like either attractive or sexy or powerful or any of those things, and it doesn't necessarily have to be equated with, you know, like a really low-cut top or like a booty shot or a breast yeah. shot, right? Mm-hmm. And then though I am not a black female, as a female of color, it's like... I really appreciated the fact that, like, love and relationships, right, in Black Panther were treated with a level of respect, especially respect to the female, mm-hmm. where the experience of many women of color in the dating world or in society is, like, uh, what's the word, like, very fetishized, mm-hmm. right? Whether you've got that jungle fever or that yellow fever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, there's this element of like being fetishized and loved because of your color or like your physical attributes. And so for that to not be at a forefront, I feel like for me as a woman of color hit on two levels of both just being a female, but also be feeling like, you know, oh, there's no like fetishy moments right. here. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. And Especially where it's like, you know, and you see these relationships where it's like Nakia and T'Challa have this love that's very supportive and very embracing and they treat their love in a certain way. And Okoye and Wakabi had their dynamic, right? Queen Ramonda was obviously very dedicated to her deceased husband, Mm -hmm. right? And so to see them like this, they're all different variations of love and relationships, Mm -hmm. but all treated with respect Mm -hmm. there. Which is something that, you know, I really appreciated, especially when so often I feel like 
women are co- women of color are used for one purpose and then never right. really given like the actual right. commitment like how many times is it like just like oh you know we can date we can have fun we can mess around we can hang out right. but then when it comes to like real commitment or real marriage or like being the mother of my children right. it's like nah sorry right. i'm out right so yeah for me i was i was really happy about that mm-hmm. what always got to me about like shows we would watch when we were younger like star trek is that i, I love star trek and but my 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 bone with every show that's like an action or sci-fi or whatever is that it's there's like hella guys and like two chicks yeah know, regardless yeah never understood why that was and even in marvel it's like you know they're all they're all dudes with the exception of well, now we have we have Black Widow, we have Scarlet Witch, we have uh, Mantis, we have um, Gamora. Gamora, and now we have Nakia. like three more of them. Dad, so it's just like yeah. I like that. There's more. Like I'm so excited for Infinity Wars because now we have like multiple fucking women. I can be like I can see myself as her yeah. or her. Yeah. So it's not like I have to like. I'm not stuck in one person. Like, I right. like... Or, like... options now. Or, yeah. like, trying really, really hard to relate to one of the men. Yes! Yeah. Being like, that That man is the most like me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, like, there's more options. And, like, going back to what Jackie was saying about, like, when we watched um, the, Justice, the Justice League movie, it was, like, it just hurt. It hurt that they changed the outfits of the Amazons. It hurt that... They, like, always had... Their shots were different. They always yeah. Every time you fucking saw one of her hair was, like, perfect. Or she was in a very, very low-cut top. Or I'm very, sure. very tight clothes. Yeah, right. like, it was just, like... like Their armor was different. Everything was different. This was not done by 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 Miss Jenkins this time. This was done by somebody not her. Because even when she did it, it was, like, there was this... It was this modesty. It wasn't like just in your face. Like there was sexuality, but it wasn't like exploited, yeah. exploded, and like overdone for yeah. the sake of the shot. Yeah. So, so I feel like it was just like there was a comfortability in being in your skin. Yeah. And I feel like when the original Wonder Woman is like being in your skin and sort of being very comfortable there, but it wasn't exploitative. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like. It was like, I am a woman who's comfortable in my skin, not like, here, look at my skin, right. look at my yeah. tits, yeah. you know, like all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I found that really disheartening, especially when it was like from the same universe. Like, you know what I mean? It's the same female. And I also didn't understand it on like just like a cost factor. Like, why would you go out there and get her, the Amazons, a whole new set of armor, right? When it was like you probably have the art, like the costumes locked up in some storage room, like right, just like get the people to sign off on it and like take, be like, okay, if there's any damage, then blah 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 blah, whatever legalities you have to go into. But like, why would you condition, like, like commission a whole new wardrobe, a new whole, a whole new horrible wardrobe? Like, I didn't get it. And the the worst part about like. The thing that I hated about Justice League is that you they've created this world where the person who essentially has the final say is fucking Batman. 
Like, he's, like, somehow the least able to do things, and he has the most power yeah. over everybody. Like, without him, nothing would get done. Nothing would happen. The world would end. Or some, <laughs> like, this weird god thing would come and take all the wannabe infinity cubes. <laughs> And that would be that. Like, like, like the, like, God. I just, you know, it makes me so mad. Um, I'm going to just say it. Justice League, as much as I, as right now I dislike, like, how DC is going about the DC universe, Justice League would not have it's actually not that bad there's points there's points that are actually pretty like quite good or funny to watch that's entertaining but i'm but fucking like batman ben affleck batman it's just ruined the whole thing for me now i feel like if you cut him out the movie would have been much better i'm just gonna just put it there you're right because he's like like you could even sense the chemistry between the characters, like the actors. Like I, you could feel it. Like it was playful. It was fun. Yeah. And the minute you stick Batman in there, he's like this dour motherfucker who like hates everything. I know. And, and then I this was like a typical white man thing. Like y'all go fight this thing. I'll go get this thing. I'm just <laughs> right. like, what the or fuck? Like, y'all go do this while I stand here and ponder. Yeah. <laughs> I was. What was amazing. To me, it was this, like, Superman, right? He doesn't show up until pretty much either the middle or middle to the end of the movie. But he has more chemistry with the other group. And he did more for everybody. <laughs> like, he'd pop in everywhere and not being like, let me take over your job. Just being like, he'd pop up here and be like, yo, what you need from me? <laughs> pop up there. What you, what you need from me? I'm here. Well, pop up there. Okay, how can I help? Like, good job being a good-ass leader, right? Yeah. And we're like a team player, and In- Batman would be like, I'm going to go do this while you guys go do that. <laughs> I'm going to email you creepy emails with Udo saying, is this you? Oh, God. <laughs> the I, email uh, thing was quite much. Oh, God. Like, um, Superman's, like, thing with, um, Cy... Is his name? Cyborg. Cyborg, when they're trying to, like, pull away the cubes, mm. and then, like, they're pulling, like, from pulling pulling the cubes to, like, being successful in pulling the cubes, like... That whole scene was actually quite fun and cute to watch. I would actually quite like to see a movie in that dynamic about them. You know? I also want to see Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Oh, that, that was just the. That was I was just like, oh, they buddies. <laughs> they fighting buddies. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how you do it. That's, yeah. that, that's how you join up. Yeah. You help her, she helps you. Mm-hmm. That, that's how the world should be. Yeah. That's feminism. <laughs> Fucking t- if DC just cut out Batman and all the other bullshit scenes, <laughs> it probably would have been a great movie. I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. And like I, I mean, like, I didn't like the villain though. Yeah. But that was stupid. Yeah. yeah. I and like I also like quite liked like by the end of it, I quite liked this version of Flash. Like the beginnings were kind of like awkward for me. But by the end of it, it's kind of like, oh, I understand your character now. You're kind of the slightly spazzy younger brother. <laughs> so, yeah. so just so I'm aware, that weird ass scene in um, Batman vs. Superman, when, he, when Flash is warning Batman about something about her, 
Is that the lowest thing when he brings Lois to, like, make sure he doesn't have a freak out and kill everybody? Is that what that warning was? I have no idea. Because that never mm-hmm. was obvious to me. And I think that might have been it because I saw, like, a... I think I sent you that that yeah. uh, cartoon of how it should have ended. I think I think they mentioned that. So I was like, was that literally it? Because that did not dawn on me at all. Yeah. I didn't even put those two together in my head at all. Yeah. That was not a connection my brain made. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's a stupid-ass reveal. Like, I couldn't even hear fucking Flash. Yeah. Because there was so much weird, like, electrical stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know who I really <laughs> liked? Uh-huh. Was um, Billy Crudup as uh, Flash's father? Um, he did really good job. I mean, uh, he's a fantastic. I actor. wanted to ask, why are you in this movie? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, I mean, okay. Even with Plexi Lash, you probably act better than Ben Affleck. His choices in the few minutes he was on screen, <laughs> yeah. you understood who he was. You understood why why Flash was so dedicated to him. You got it. Boom, and I was like, nice one and I was like I to be honest that film didn't deserve a lot of those actors yeah, Amy Adams doesn't. they don't deserve you Diane Lane they don't deserve you Henry Cavill they don't deserve you <laughs> yeah. right like Billy Crudup why are you there <laughs> like they don't deserve you yeah I think DC has to get 10 years deep I just don't understand how is DC getting like these like great actors I mean okay Marvel has really good actors too but DC man like they get these like great emoters like dramatic emoters you know like dramatic actors and they just like fuck them up and it's just like why do you guys not use them to their potential yeah you know and it's like you have like a starring lineup of just like stars and it's just like let me put you in the worst position possible or like not give you anything to work with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's so just, I'm just like they don't deserve you. I know. And your talent. They really don't. I I truthfully like in the beginning like when like kind of like the superhero movies were starting to like really like gain steam. I was more of a DC fan because of like what they started with like Batman and everything, right? And it's like I just liked the stories better than what they were giving out as Marvel because I did not like the Hulk movies. I didn't like I did not like the Iron Man movies either. I came to start appreciating the first Iron Man in, like, the origin story style, but I'm not actually a fan, technically. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I was just, like, it was technically only, like, the first Avengers movie. Then I was, like, ah, oh, Marvel made an awesome superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And then I start liking them. Right. But then it's, like, but DC had, like, such a great start of, like, the the Batman trilogy, and they just somehow decided to fuck it all up. You know, and it's like I don't know how well, you did this. Do you ever consider that to be a DC thing, or is that just a Nolan thing? The thing is, I like, don't, I don't consider that a DC thing. I consider that Nolan's creation in his own little yeah. universe that he created. Yeah, I. When I was like, th- like now I can I see it more of a as a Nolan thing, but back then I thought that was like what DC was going to be. It wasn't until after Nolan that I saw, oh, shit, this is just a Nolan's movie, you know? Right. It's not DC's movie. I thought they were going to, like, use this 
style of this theme and this storytelling and just start just doing all the DC movies just like right. that. Mm-hmm. But it just turned out, oh no, these are just Nolan movies. So happened to be in the DC universe now. Right. Yeah. Which is disappointing. So disappointing. Because DC is fraught with a lot of great stories, characters, stories, backgrounds. Well, maybe but... Ava can do something with the new gods. Although I don't, I don't know what's going to be part of the universe because they can't seem to make it cohesive enough. Yeah. Oh, I guess we can bring it back if you want to bring it back to Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, have you guys like watched when uh, Chadwick Boseman was on SNL and they had that whole bit of like, um, you know, who can do Wakanda forever and who can do the salute? Oh, oh. right. <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> so, yes. So. <clears throat> I have a perfect story for this. So one of my kids that I work with, um, uh-huh. he was obsessed, obsessed with, with this movie when it came out. And he would walk around. He's like, Wakanda forever. And then one day he earnestly looks at me and he's just like, Miss Eming, um, can I be the Black Panther? And I, and he's like, this kid is white. <laughs> I just to say that. He's really white. And I, and, and I paused I thought about it. I'm like, how do I say this in a non-offensive way? I'm like, Daniel, um, you're not from Wakanda. (laughs) (laughs) So, probably not. (laughs) But you you can be for Halloween if you want. And my partner Min was like, just tell him it's not real. I'm like, I am never going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It is real in here. Yes. I, I think it's just, like, in the sense of, like, I think, for me, it's, a like, a layered reaction. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's, like, on the one hand, I feel like it's totally fine for kids of, like, you know, either white kids or other people of color to look up to a black superhero, right? Because people of color have had to look up to white superheroes their whole life and they just had to relate and do the mental Olympics and, like, get there and yeah. connect, right? So that means the the 180 flip shit is fine too, right? Um, but then when it comes to, like, the salute of, like, you know, Wakanda forever and doing it, I could see why it could be, you know, like, why it'd be weird if, like, you're... 45-year-old white suburban dad is like, Wakanda forever! <laughs> You know? Yeah. And I actually thought about it myself. Like, you know, though I'm I'm a woman of color, but I'm not, you know, part of the black community, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what Wakanda Forever sort of means to me, mm-hmm. right? Because it, though I can say it's just like, oh, it's a great place. It's a fantastic place. I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. like, what would my personal connection to Wakanda be? And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I feel like why I love the salute and why I love Wakanda so much is, like, is because it's, like, I I support that because I'm so happy that you have it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, my people have yet <laughs> to get there. We don't have a Wakanda forever, you know? Like, we don't got a Wakanda. We don't have a forever. We don't have a signal. We don't have lights. We don't got a whistle. We don't have anything, right? We have no nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, 
Well, that's not quite Wakanda forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, it's not the same place. And right. so, like, for everything that Wakanda represents, I think it's, like, a great example and a beacon to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, when I think of Wakanda forever and, like, if I was to ever participate in doing the the signal, the hand gesture, I would be like, I feel like it would be very much in solidarity of like, I'm so fucking glad that y'all have it because yeah. it proves to the rest of it, oh, to the rest of us that like we can get one too. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I mean, that is what like Wakanda forever means to me because mm-hmm. I can't sit here and be like, oh yeah, Wakanda, like that's my place. It's like, no, that's not your fucking place, right? Yeah. You can relate and you can love it. And I'm so glad that, you know, they have that for exacting themselves and like we can aspire to do that. But, you know, so I was thinking the other day, I was like, what does Wakanda forever really mean to me? What is this? you know, what does this salute really mean to me? Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's my personal connection to it? Besides it just being fucking awesome, you know, like, besides <laughs> just being, like, Black Panther kills, like, it's awesome. Right. I guess besides that, so. I was yeah. thinking about that, but, I mean, that SNL skit was fucking hilarious, <laughs> man. I guess, hmm? Sorry. No, go for it. Um, yeah. I guess, in lieu of your whole, like, the Asian, the Asian, the, the Asian, the Asian realm doesn't necessarily have a Wakanda. Yeah, we don't. There isn't this. So, in lieu of like this, like insurgence of, um, like Black Panther has really elevated like, um, a has has elevated the Black culture in a way where it's 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 like. It, I'm assuming it's going to be more infused into pop culture in a in a more like accessible way for everybody, and it's, and because you know how it's I mean, it's, I mean what what people have seen themselves on screen for so long that it just it feels nice to not that not be the case, mm-hmm. um, but then at the same time like we're missing the faces of like Latin or Asian, and it's like when when <laughs> yeah like what about this what about that like. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great to, like, you know, be supportive of other cultures when they get their, like, turn in the sun. But at the same time, it's like there's so many other uh, branches that don't, have not properly gotten mm-hmm. love or appreciation. And it's like, how, how, how do we do that? How does that happen? Um, is it on us as creators? Is it, is it on the, the gatekeepers of media? Like... I think, yeah, I think that's the biggest question I think we can ask, especially in this podcast, is like, yes, this is awesome, but what about hashtag us? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I think it it sits on both. I think it sits on gatekeepers to be okay with it, to mm-hmm. finally give the green light, but I also think that it very much has to do with creators and actors and writers and directors and you know, cinematographers and people who light and figure it out and how to mm-hmm. do it for, you know, your people, essentially. Because, yeah. like, I mean, like, to reiterate, like, Black Panther is great because it shows that it's possible, right? right? Yeah. And it forced forces gatekeepers to be, like, it opens their minds a little bit to being, like, oh, choosing other things are right. all right, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's beneficial, but I think ultimately when it comes to, like, when our Asian face is going to be there, when our Latin face is going to be there, where when our Middle Eastern face is going to be there, I think it's going to be up to, like, 
those communities creating content that could do something with the storytelling that's like that can connect either their deep-seated culture Mm -hmm. or connecting it to being born in america or what the american experience has been like or you know but also connecting it to also just being a young contemporary person right and so i feel like a lot of the work it's like a lot of the work is going to be based on you know content creation because i feel like i feel like the call for representation is is genuine like to be like i want to be represented i want to see myself Mm -hmm. but then i feel like what the other questions always missed is like yeah but what does that look like like what do you mean like when you say representation do you just want like a bunch of chinese faces or asian faces on a screen is that what you want do you want it to be like based in an asian country or like what kind of story do you want to be told, right? Yeah. What kind of characters do you want? Do you just want a shit ton more of that quirky Asian nerdy girl? Right. Like, right. So when I feel like when I think representation, it's great to be like, I want representation. But then each person has to be like, well, each community has to be like, yeah, but what does that look like for right. me? Yeah. Right. It, it seems like Constance Wu, the star of the new film, Crazy Rich Asians, is like the like, the go-to right now yeah. <laughs> for, like, female, Asian. Yeah. That's that's it. That's yeah. currently it. Like, yeah. she was the only Asian in, like, in uh, the, 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 the uh, video that Jay-Z did where it was, like, women were, like, the new founding fathers of America. And it was, like, all these women and then just her. Yeah. And that was it. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, talking about, like, crazy rich Asians, it's, like, I remember I was reading something about it. And, like, right now... Like, if you see the trailer, the lead female is an Asian woman, right? But supposedly, in the beginning, they wanted to whitewash her again. Like, they wanted to do another, like... Aloha. Or, like, what, like, Scarlett... Johansson did Ghost in in the Shell. Or, like, any of those things. They originally wanted to make her white, right? And then, I forgot, somebody leaked it out. And, like... Oh, was interesting. I think I remember reading. It's like they called Crazy Rich Asians. How do you whitewash the lead character? Never mind. Go on. Sorry. Well, they were gonna do it apparently, <laughs> but like, but somebody leaked it out, and like, the um, and basically, you know, the the mass population, along with people who are like suburban white women, were like. What the fuck do you mean you want to turn this Asian woman white again? We don't need to see that, like, the supposed, like, contemporary starlets in every goddamn single movie. Right. So it's like, like, going back to, like, what Mimi was talking about. That's it's little like, sister in Chinese for those of you out there. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that, like, is also kind of in a way a... Like, the audience has to be also be responsible. And if you hear or you see shit like this, you have to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. I'm not going to give my money to some bullshit like this. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think it's on all of, all of us as creators, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, like, on audience members and everybody... You know, I think it's just like the great thing about bringing it back to Black Panther is just like, yeah, 
common problems, different solutions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because though we're all people of color, yeah. we experience color differently. We're all yeah. treated differently. We all have a different history in America. And so I don't think that the right path is to just be like, let's see what Black Panther did and let's have every other community of color follow the exact same path. Because right. the story isn't authentic that way. Because right. we, though we share common problems, we don't have a common like trajectory. Right. right? And so... I think like the biggest thing we can do is like celebrate each other when some one of us gets it and then be like, you know, how do I do this with what I am? So the theme is create, support, be an ally to everybody yeah. so who's a creator of stuff that's not traditionally supported mm-hmm. and uh, will probably do a Infinity Wars thing later because... I'm gonna have to do it. There's, there's no choice. There's in no. That. We're gonna have to like break it down. Watch it like five more times. <laughs> <laughs> Not in IMAX though, because yeah. it's too expensive. And our eyeballs will probably fall oh, out. Of <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks for hanging out again. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye.